0: For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Now, been venturing into new horizons on the podcast because... Whilst I've done a few Skype interviews with some of our great interviewees, and that's great, I've really found it more engaging, there's no delay, better audio quality, more fun, more connection, more rapport, more honesty if I go and actually meet some of our interviewees. So this week I went down to see Dorian Yates, and then the next day, which is this podcast, went to see Richard Reed. And sometimes when you're listening to the audio, you don't get a feel of what their office looks like or where we're recording. And, you know, like that's a a great part of it. So we're putting some new improvements into the disruptive entrepreneur. I'm gonna cut you into the interview in a moment, so stay with me. But number one is I'm starting to do these interviews on set on their location. And I think that makes it really real. So Dorian Yates were in his gym. You know, if you listen to it, there's grunts and weights being chucked everywhere. Harry and I were having a laugh because there's this lady doing these exercises right behind the video. And it was like, I don't know how you're going to watch that and not have a look at her. So in this episode, I interview Richard Reed and we went to his office, Jam Jar Investments in London. And we sat in the middle. His office is beautiful. It really, you really got a sense of his culture and his brand there. It was warm and cosy like a living room. And all the the, the staff sort of had their shoes off and were really friendly. And, you know, they they really much had some of the innocent values of culture that were into this company. And in the set, there was all the jam jars behind. And they put the investment of each company that they invested in jam jars. And uh, so what we've added to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast is we've we've also recorded the videos of it. And and most of you listen to me. But, you know, if you want to see Dorian Yates's face and you want to see in his gym and you want to see Richard Reed and, you know, what, what his office looks like, then on my YouTube channel, which is the Rob Moore YouTube channel, we're now publishing the videos of them. So I'll leave it your choice if you'd rather do video or audio, but it's something we're adding because I just think you get a real good feel for it and it's real. So because of that, you're going to hear weights being slammed with Dorian R- Yates. Yeah, so you're going to hear, you know, office keys being typed and doors closing and opening with Richard Reed. That should add to the theatrics, of the disruptive entrepreneur. So, thanks for tuning in. Let's go right in and listen to the interview with Richard Reed, co-founder of Innocent and Jamjar Investments. Hi, Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. I'm very pleased, privileged, excited to be sat here with Richard right. Reed. All three? Yeah, all three. <laughs> These offices are beautiful. I feel like I'm in someone's living room here.
1: Well, that's what we tried to make it. Right? right? It's,
0: yeah. um, like being at home, but with computers. Sure. And um, before we kind of get in, we've got a backdrop here, and some people might be wondering, kind of, what's this all about? Could you just tell us about this?
1: Well, there's a clue in the name and the fact they're in Jam Jars. So, this is Jam Jars head office. Each (laughs) one of these Jam Jars represents one of the businesses that we've invested in. We do angel funding of businesses that are consumer facing. So, it could be tech, non tech, it could be anything from sort of the latest in dog food to the latest in technology. And it's all about Businesses that are making life better, easier for consumers yeah. by harnessing creativity, smartness, hard work, and building wicked businesses. And we've got 35 of them that we've invested in so far, and we're right. always looking out for more.
0: And you have my favorite thing of all time on here. Where's Deliveroo? We were just talking right about Right there, that. baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, if there's any lifesaver business I've ever seen where the missus is maybe a little bit stressed or you just can't be bothered to do any cooking. Um, I must admit, probably four times a week, probably 200, <laughs> 250, great, 250, well 250
1: quid a week, probably <laughs> on that. Thank you very much. Oh, look, My pleasure. So no, I'm, I'm, you're, you're exactly right, Philip, I, I used it last night because my girlfriend came over, and she said, oh, can we just get a right yeah. Like, yeah, great. What do you want? Japanese, bing. Yeah. Uh, it's genius. Yeah. It just works so well. Mm. So we'll probably get to some of this in a minute, if that's all right. So
0: I'm sure everyone knows that you set up Innocent, which is a, an amazing brand. And of course, now Jam Jar Investments. I was very inspired by your book. I am a big book junkie. I love listening to Audible. I've got a few on there myself. And I noticed yours because it was nudging mine a little bit down. Not uncompetitive. Oh, no, no, that's great. And... <laughs> I just thought the concept was great. Which book are we talking about? Uh, if, I could, is it, if I could tell you just one thing. Oh, sorry, yeah, I thought
1: you meant the innocent book. Yeah, yeah, no, if the, I could tell you just one thing. Yeah, this one, this one yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And um, just all the, like, I just thought the concept of the best piece of advice from a range of amazing people, mm. I just thought it was a great concept. So I'm on my, on my third listen. Terry Waite especially, I thought was, yeah, what a dude. you know, how, how can you be so um, humble and
1: grounded when... Someone's taken half yeah. their life away. Real life moment meeting that guy when yeah. you, you to actually sat with the guy that's been through those five years and yeah. to have him say what you said, which is, you know you're saying it's the ultimate empathy, non judging other people, yeah. patience, tolerance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you, be, you become a better human being just by being in the presence yeah. of him.
0: Yeah, we've got him. He's speaking at one of our events. Uh, right. Yeah, a bit later on in the end. I'm really excited. I think he's going to do an interview as well, so that would be great. So he's what, a big fellow as well. He Must be like six, six. Right, he's, like, he's a proper gentle giant. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm looking, for, looking forward to meeting him. So, um, what gave you the? Because um, I just think that's a really strong concept of a book. You know, there's a lot of people that write a lot of books. It's kind of like, you know, having a really clear, strong concept. I think is it can make a book great. And I just thought you had one there. Was it just one day you got? Wow, I've I've learned a lot of things from a lot of cool people. Or well, I can
1: give you like the the. the the professional answer and the unprofessional Give answer. Give us both. Yeah. So, well, and they're both actually true. Okay. The, the, the professional, professional answer is I can generally pinpoint in my life on three or four moments where someone gave me an amazing bit of advice and it completely and utterly changed the direction which I was heading yeah. in a hugely beneficial and positive so way. So you, you've, you've had a lot of
0: those, have you, then, over your I journey. really
1: have. Yeah. And so I'm A, mindful of how powerfully positive the right bit of advice can be. I'm also mindful of how lucky I am that I've happened to be in the room with some smart people, mm. decent people that have given me the right bit of advice. Yeah. Was actually, I think for a lot of people, they're not necessarily in the room with smart people giving them good advice or yeah. advice that's actually positive. Yeah. So this was really a, an exercise in trying to capture some of the wisdom of our age and making it available to everyone. Right. And actually going further, and that's why 100% of the royalties from the book go to charities, to right. from social mentoring and inclusion charities because it's all about trying to give people access to good role models, good advice, better decision making so they can then yeah. you know, prove where they're heading in life. Mm. So that's all 100% true and 100% sincere. I absolutely mean it. Yeah. I also am very lazy <laughs> and I wanted to come up with an idea of a book that didn't need writing. Right. And My original concept, concept was it was just going to be the single piece of advice from the person next yeah. to the photo, which wouldn't right. have required any writing at all. Yeah. I just asked, you know, email them for their piece of advice. My publisher said, mate, that's not a book. You can get that for free <laughs> yeah. on Facebook. So it had to be about encounters. So then I had to then make sure I met these people and walked alongside them for a while. Yeah. And that's why the book is sort of, it's got this sort of richer, richer. you're in the context of this person, what mm. they've done in their life, and then them sharing their best piece of advice, which I think hopefully makes it at least a more interesting book. And yeah. Has more to it. I think what's good
0: about it as well is you know you can start it. You're on the train. You do thirty minutes. You stop.
1: You know it's not, not like you've well, got to get it. back yeah, into the I, story. I,
0: you just dip in and out for a bit of
1: motivation. Or... I realised I was saying this to a publisher. It's probably the wrong person to say. It. I say most people don't have time to read a book anymore. Yeah. Then yes, yeah, so it's sixty little short form. Thousand word essays, yeah. and as you notice, the advice the has also been sort of put in big bold letters, so you don't even have to read the essay. Well, well I, li- I listen want... to
0: it, I have you on two times oh, right. speed in my oh, head,
1: right. so. Do you really have it on two times yeah, speed? Yeah, yeah, you're joking. You can
0: listen to yourself if you want on two times speed when we're yeah. finished. It doesn't make me sound like a smurf. No, no, you sound good. But <laughs> is that just so you can get the information quicker? Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, that's crazy. It's, it's a bit weird though when you do a lot of two times speed and then you're sitting talking to your fiance and you're like, can you just get to the speed, point yeah. a bit quicker? Yeah. So, so are you, to this, for you, this conversation is a bit slow. No, no, it? it's good actually. It's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, I just wanted. to... I can try and talk really quick. Yeah, but that's going to make that's it better. good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So yeah, uh, I really love the book. Now, of course, you've probably been asked this, but I shouldn't judge myself on asking the questions. I should just ask the ones I want to ask. You've had a lot of best bits of one piece of advice that you've published. So, what's yours? You know, what one thing, if you could share just one thing? It's funny, you know,
1: if I've had one bit of feedback from the book, it's people going, but you never put your own in. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't. Because it was never about me. The book mm. isn't about me at all. I'm not in the book and nor mm. should I be. It's about hearing what Bill Clinton's got to say yeah. or Richard Branson or Andy mm. Murray or Judy Dench or Nicola Sturgeon. All these people that like done exceptional things or yeah. had exceptional things happen to them. But seeing as you're asking, I've got loads, but to put my own- <laughs> It's hard strange, now. I'm I'm exactly, it yourself, I think people come up with one. Mine yeah. is cut everyone some slack, right, including yourself. Yeah, which is great advice. Yeah, well, I read it. Funnily enough, a few years on Facebook and it chimed with me. And it's like, because I can be impatient with people, thinking, What what are you doing that for? You're you're, you're just, who knows what kind of day they're having, right? Who knows what their life experience is? And it's probably just in your own head that you're being impatient or whatever it is, anyway. And so, if you cut everyone some slack and cut yourself some Mm. slack, life just gets a bit more relaxed, a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, because on the
0: note of yourself, it's very easy to beat yourself up about up about stuff you're doing or how people do, right? are perceiving you,
1: and they might not even be perceiving you in that way. So. Yeah, and actually, they're probably not thinking that. They're probably thinking about what they're having for tea and what the next delivery order is going to be. Yeah. But, so just, yeah, you could just give yourself some slack, give everyone else some slack. Yeah, okay. So you
0: clearly have been very affected by people that have given you advice, You know, whether you call them mentors or whether you've just been in a good position to get some advice from them. I do know quite a lot of people who are like, oh, well, you just got to get up and do things yourself and make mistakes as you go. Mm, so you've got mm. the, should you have mentors? Should you sort of bish, bash, bosh, make your own mistakes and not listen to anyone else? Do you have a, where does Richard sit in his
1: thought process in that? Oh, I, 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 I think you've got to find whatever way works for you. There mm. definitely is no right way. There's no algorithm yeah. to it. Everyone's... <laughs> Experience of going through life is unique to them and their sort of their past experiences, and I wouldn't presuppose for one second to think that I know the answer and you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. In fact, I personally try to avoid any sentence at all that Im- involves the the verb should. I think yeah. should is a is a nonsense sort of verb yeah. in terms of where it takes you. Sure. I have benefited from listening to and seeking out the advice of others. I try not to give unsolicited advice to people. I think advice is typically best being asked for rather than being transmitted yeah. to. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, and of course, people are going to give you some terrible advice as well. I've been on the receiving end of awful advice. I've given awful advice. We, yeah. it, there's no good advice, but go, it wasn't relevant to you, so it might be good for someone else, for well, example. It's a great point, right? Because yeah. actually, a good bit of advice could be a terrible advice. The same bit of advice could be terrible for someone else. Or in a yeah. change the context or change it time by a year and then suddenly what was good is bad and what was bad is good. It's yeah. about just trying to work out what serves you best. Understand where you try to get to in life, what the things that feed you and do more of them and do less of the things that don't. Yeah. You've had two
0: really great successful parts of your life. you probably had many more, but in terms of what the world might know, obviously Innocent and Jam Jar, do you now get a chance to give back and help others? Is that something that you like
1: to do? Well, I think if you look at the the heritage of the business from the beginning we were giving a material proportion of our profits to charity that's from literally the beginning of the business and the business was set up by three people yeah. and all three of us independently wanted to be doing that yeah. and if you look at actually the three founders of innocent and go back to their childhood all of us were doing sort of small scale small scale charitable things so yeah. that side of Innocent, of giving back, was something that was within the three different people that mm. came together to set up the company, and therefore we made it part of the DNA of the company, yeah. which of course then attracted people mm. into the business that thought like that too. So mm. actually, you have within Innocent, and don't get me wrong, we are not a charity. We are a for-profit business, and proud of it. Yeah. And in addition to growing revenues and growing profits and thinking about how can we get as many healthy drinks to as many people and places as possible, we do also measure ourselves and take pride from the amount of money that we create through charity by giving 10% of the profits to it. Mm. So giving back, I think, was in within all of us. I yeah. think it's manifested very clearly. You can see it in the audited accounts of, of the business. Mm. And even with Jam Jar, we don't make it a big banner thing because it's not a big banner thing. Yeah. But we're not gonna support a business that we don't think has got its sort of is the right side of the line of whether it's sort of adding to society rather than detracting from society. Yeah. And each of us we all have our own personal foundations mm. which we use to support financially the charitable things that we individually personally connect with. Because yeah. whilst Jam Jar is a fantastic team effort amongst the seven people that are involved, and Innocent was a fantastic team effort of three hundred and fifty people, the three founders are Completely separate sentient human beings and they care about different things. So, yeah. when we do work together on a charitable initiative, it's through the Innocent Foundation, right. which is the separate charity yeah. that the business gives money to. But even with that, we have like massive arguments because we sort of care about different types of things. But yeah. the good news is we're having the arguments because we all care so passionately about the things that we care about. So, it's sort of, even though they're big arguments, they're very sort of, they come from a very positive place. Yeah. So, yes, that was an incredible long window we were saying. Do we give back now? I'd like to think, yes, we do. Could we do more? Of course. Have we always done what we... we, Has it always been a core bit of how we approach business? Absolutely. Where do you think that real desire
0: to be charitable
1: has come from from you? I was bored when I was about eight or nine, and I remember walking around Huddersfield Town Centre. I went to uni there. Did you? Uni. Uni. Polytechnic turned into a university. The University of Huddersfield, don't listen. Yes, i no,
0: Patrick yeah.
1: Stewart's the whatever yeah. the, the, the yeah. vice. Of, yeah, the, I, vice
0: I probably then. brought its average grades down a little <laughs> bit, but other yeah. uh, uh, Good place to be a student though, no? Yeah, we had
1: a great, that's why. It was a great time for not doing work. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. I personally think the point of university is to not yeah. do work. All right. Then you've got another 50 years of doing work, yeah. haven't you? But yeah. as a kid, I went round Huddersfield Town Centre and there was a Greenpeace stall showing some pretty horrific pictures of whales being captured and right. slaughtered, and they were doing a sort of a little awareness drive on Save the Whales. And I remember saying, being a bit upset, and speaking to my mum, and you know, trying to make sense of it all, and what what could I do? And she said, Well, if you care about it, if you want to help, why don't you organise a jumble sale? Because yeah. I lived in a village, and so I said, What's a jumble sale? And she said, Oh, it's this, and you, so go around and knock a neighbour's doors and get their old secondhand shoes and clothes and in our garage on a Saturday morning, two till four, we have a jumble sale. And I think we made £11.83 from what I remember. There's a right. picture of me and my sisters holding a little checkup in the Murfield report. of Murfield is the little town where we're okay. from. And so there from that point, mm. a sort of sense of there's some bad things going on in the world, but we could all do our part to help reduce them. Yeah. And how do you balance
0: serving your own self and desires for profit and helping and serving others? Cause it must
1: be a bit of a balancing act. Oh No, because I definitely put myself first right. and you know, I'm a big fan of you have got to put your own oxygen mask on yeah. You know when the planes going to put your own Otherwise, mo- oh, you-, you can't help others. Can you exactly yeah. you get 40 seconds? Otherwise, you're in trouble You put your oxygen mask on make sure you're solid you can help as many people as as on the plane So mm. uh, look, I'm not sitting here trying to say I'm some like big charity worker I, mm. I, 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 I'm an entrepreneur yeah. and my fellow entrepreneurs we align around a view of businesses should be first about making money but also playing their part in doing good too. And mm. I think actually, firstly, is about the nature of the enterprise. What does it make, mm. and how does it make it? That's actually more important than the charity side of the business. Yeah. Like We only make healthy stuff, and we make sure we invest in making it environmentally and socially sustainable as possible. Mm. So the very act of the business is good. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we give 10% of profits to charity. Yeah, Still keep 90%. Yeah. But if every business in the world gave 10% of its profits to charity, it would literally be a different world, mm. while still working fully within the current capitalist system. Mm. Now, I just think, like, why don't you? Because yeah. we got 10% better performance from the team, 10% more engagement, 10% more loyalty. Yeah. So actually, I think it nets out financially, and you're getting to support charity. Yeah, I think a
0: lot of people think that sort of the business and then the philanthropy or the, sort of the, the capitalism and the, and the giving are, are se- separate things. Mm -hmm. I really believe we can make them be the same thing. And it looks like you're an example of that.
1: Well, yeah, you've you've only got one life, right? I mean, it's all part of the same thing. You don't have to. Again, I never want to say that thou should do this kind of thing. But Mm. I think that 10% of profit is going to charity. I think it absolutely worked on its sociable, charitable aims. But I think, actually, it's not the reason why we did it, but we're very glad to have it. I think it worked commercially, too, Ooh. I think the business was more than 10% better off from having done it. Yeah. In a way, it's kind of ironic
0: that, um, you know, what you did with Innocent in a way disrupted, you know, companies like Coca-Cola. And, of course, then they ended up buying, ratcheting up parts of your business, didn't they? Well, they now
1: own it outright. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. Do you know what? 10% of profits still go to charity. Yeah. How good's that? Yeah. Because that's what you really want to affect change. Yeah. You want to, you know, you got to try and hack into the, into the matrix a little. Yeah.
0: Was the goal to sell out or was the goal something different when you started
1: with your two partners? Oh, there was no talk of selling out. You know, we started from a market (laughs) stall. You didn't start and go, we are going to sell to Coca-Cola in 5.5 years for X million. No, No, we were like, uh, how do you make smoothies? I mean, (laughs) we started from a market stall. It's, it's not an imagined folklore story. We started from a market stall, you know, we, we, were thinking about it seriously mm. and working hard at it but yeah. our first day we sold 24 bottles to our local sandwich shop and we built the business up organically from then it was mm. no it, we were doing it for the for the for the excitement for the thrill of friends working together of having a mission and a cause and a belief and yeah. it was an adventure man it was like a vehicle to drive through life on mm. and it was the most exciting thing that i've personally been involved in and yeah. but after 15 years of making fruit juice i guess there was a sense of I love fruit juice. Yeah, I really love fruit juice. <laughs> but 50 years of fruit juice is like, yeah. I don't need more than 15 years of fruit juice. Yeah, It's a great amount of time in fruit juice. Yeah, And time to do something else. Yeah, because yeah. why not? Yeah. And there is a bit of, look, I'm not, again, I don't want to sit and go, make out we're, like, oh, we're, we're some sort of charitable enterprise. We're not, Jam Jar is about investing mm. in businesses that we think are going to make it. Yeah. But there is some sort of business karma. We were three 26 year olds, Setting them innocent, trying to find the money to set the business. Because we're, we're not from money backgrounds. We didn't have the cash to do it. So we yeah. had to try and get someone to invest. And it took over a year and everyone was saying no. Mm. One guy, after a year, said yes. He took a punt on us.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's a sense of we want to also pay back that sort of karmic debt a little. Mm. You know, we're still not going to do it if we don't think the business is good, if the team's not great. But yeah. this idea of backing young entrepreneurs doing their first business. Mm. That's sort of where was where we are with with these things. We want so, in a way, you're kind of giving back in the manner that you were helped. Or is, yeah, I don't is there like saying is, giving back yeah. because we're putting an investment in for an equity position and it's business. So, sure. giving back to me suggests charity. It's not okay. that supporting, it, fueling, exactly helping. Absolutely, absolutely. In the same yeah. way that that guy invested in us, if he had invested in us, there would have been no innocent, and we're mm. aware of that. You can sort of. You can be the yeast that helps the sort of the entrepreneur yeah. make the dough, and that's mm. what we want to do. We want to help other people have the success that we were lucky enough to have. Yeah.
0: How did you find it, running a business with three people? That must have been an interesting dynamic. A lot of
1: people ask that question. I think I would have oh, I asked the same unique. question too. <laughs> no, but it's, no, it's the right question. Mm. And for us, it just works super, super well. Yeah. And there were several reasons why. One was we just didn't want to do each other's jobs mm. and actually the jobs that we each wanted to do added up to a really good team and that's sort of very important isn't it totally yeah. would not work if we'd all been trying to be the sort of the marketing director yeah. mm. the second thing is we so we did have we had very different interests very different sort of Brains in terms of the way we would sort of think about things or what we'd think about first, but we're massively aligned on the values. Like, as an example, and certainly not the only one, this thing about we we're all like, it took about half a second for us to decide to give 10% of products to charity. Yeah. So there was an alignment of values, a complementary set of skills, no competition over who was doing what. Yeah. So that, that, that worked, I think, it was one of the things that sort of, you know, massively underpinned the, the success. Mm. I really get a sense that you really love what you do and there's a a passion and that
0: business is and can be fun. And I see and meet and talk to a lot of people who maybe feel a bit stuck in a grind. I think it's really important to enjoy yourself in business. It's probably half your
1: life. Have you got any thoughts on that? There was times, you know, when Innocent was sort of going, well, it sounds sad, but I'd get to the Friday evening. I didn't want to leave the Mm. office. And I'd be fizzing like one of those effervescent vitamin C tablets that you drop in water. Yeah. I'd just be fizzing with the buzz and the excitement of it, of it working mm. and creating. And you're doing things with, you know, this team of three has become a team of thirty, and then it's become a team of a hundred. And the vibe of the business was wicked because people mm. that came into it were like sort of ambitious but altruistic and up for a laugh, and it was young and sociable and creative and commercial and charitable. Mm. It was such a multifaceted tapestry of brilliantly positive things. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was was it fun? I mean don't get me wrong. I've had more fun in a for sure. <laughs> but that's a different type of thing, isn't yeah. it? It was But you need extreme... fun and
0: progress, don't you? Fun and you're doing fun and you're doing something that matters and is growing and is contributing. I think it's and, that, yeah, yeah, I think
1: you're exactly right. I think it's that you're yeah you're you're creating, you're contributing, you're succeeding, mm. and you're doing it in a team. Mm. I never yeah. would have done it by myself mm. I wouldn't have had the confidence and I sure as hell wouldn't have had the skills yeah but even if I had it just wouldn't have been as much fun mm. you doing it with your two best mates I mean it doesn't it doesn't really get any better than that in my opinion yeah. was it were
0: there any mixed feelings when you got your first big lump of money selling some shares in and was it 10% you sold out first was that right we did
1: yeah there was three stages the yeah. first stage we Coke bought 18%, right. but 100% of the money went into the business, so we yeah. didn't get any of that. Because right. we were in crisis then. We needed to sell some shares to save yeah. the business, essentially. Yeah. Then there was a second stage where they upped a stake to 54%. Yeah. And that was the first time that we sold some of our shares. So some, of, some of the money right. went into our bank accounts and some into the original investors. Yeah. And then we did sold the final bit three years ago, and that's when we got the, sort of, the, the bigger check. Yeah. and How did that all feel?
0: Was it diff- different feelings at different stages? Was there highs and lows in the way that felt? Well,
1: I, I've, yet, I've yet to find a low in it all. Mm. I mean, it's it's not why you do it. Yeah. But it's a great, great benefit of having done it. Mm. But mm. we didn't, yeah, I mean, no one went out and did anything differently. Mm. I, remember, <laughs> I remember the day, literally the day, because there is a day, yeah. when you go into a lawyer's office and sign a piece of paper, and mm. a of, well, they sign a piece of paper, and then... You go to the bank, your ATM, and you put in your digits, and there's a number there. Now, that number's How always... did you feel then? Well, I mean, first of all, the number doesn't have a minus sign on the front <laughs> yeah. of it, which is a nice change. And then it's yeah. like, this, yeah, there's some zeros there. Yeah. I went home that evening, and my wife was like, we've got to go to IKEA because I've got this bookshelf, and it's the wrong size. And so I spent the night of having sold our business in, waiting in the refunds queue in ikea and i thought the glamours of being an (laughs) entrepreneur i don't think i even got the meatballs of the hot dog either (laughs) i remember it was it was an 11 quid bookshelf yeah yeah yeah, why not because you know you're not done it's that's great we're massively massively grateful for it Mm. It wasn't why we were doing it love it absolutely love it That's not the reason why we were doing it
0: yeah i guess the reason i'm asking is because a lot of people haven't experienced that you know, and I know some people who've done it and it was going to be everything. And then there's a bit of come down when they're out of the business or, you know, or they've yeah. half the stakes gone or
1: whatever. You know, I had an entrepreneur just two days ago wanted to come in and ask for my advice because he, he sold his business. Mm. And he, he's like, literally, I'm sat at home. Yeah, now. what do I do? What, I've, got, I've got a load of money in my bank account. I've never had money before. Mm. I don't have a job. He was genuinely depressed. Yeah. And he goes, look, I know this is the absolute ultimate. I think that's exactly how I would feel. I, you know, I do. Yeah, and, and I'm not do? trying to minimise it, no. because, look, as he said, it's a massive first world problem, let's be clear. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. But you don't want to minimise the fact you've built and created something, you've given birth to this thing, you live lived 15 mm. years and you walk out, there's a, there's a proper loss there. Yeah. Trauma. Yeah. Especially if it happens really quickly, mm. you're going to grieve. Yeah. Not like if it's a, a relationship or a, a family thing, but it's still real, you're still your life has gone through a big change. and. Yeah. I just said to him, I said, look, you know, you've got to allow yourself to feel these things because it's natural. And but my bet is this, as time moves on a little, you get this incredible, deeper sense of you're solid in life. You know, you're, you're secure now. Mm. You're free. Yeah. You've got yeah. freedom. And that's really, really... So you've got to remember to keep telling yourself the very obvious truth, that for the mass majority of people, they're not lucky enough to be in that position. Mm. So... Yeah, at some point you've got to come and realise for what for a combination of luck because no one's successful without luck, being lucky but also yeah. working their nuts off because yeah. I've never met anyone successful that didn't A, work their nuts off and B, get lucky. Right? Yeah, And yeah. take the luck that they was presented as That's opposed a to just a lots of luck coming That's by. That's a great then, point. Yeah. Everyone at life gets a bit of luck. Mm. It's weather, you get s- clouds and sunshine. It's realising this is my little bit of luck mm. and now that you've got to have the balls to double down or see it while it's there because it's not... Doesn't mean the next bit of luck's going to come along anytime soon. Mm. So, yeah, I think that once you get to that stage, you have to then. I think it is helpful to start thinking. Okay, what can I do now to help other people? Yeah, yeah. If you're sat at home moping around because you've got so much money and so much time, you don't know what to do. My solution is always okay. No, have a nice holiday, buy a watch or whatever. If you're something like, start thinking about what you can do to help other people. It's mm. a great way. To, that will start your entrepreneurial things. Then you realise there's there's a million. Billion things you can do that'll be exciting and fun. Yeah. And might help other people a bit too. Mm. Was there,
0: other than giving big stakes away in companies, was there downside to raising money when you're an innocent and then what you've seen when you put money into companies? You know, a lot of people don't realize the downside.
1: They just think, I've got the money, it solves all the world's problems, my business's problems, woohoo! But. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, now I'm going to sound like a sort of a a moaning old man, right? An experienced business person, shall we say. Well. (laughs) No, because don't forget, I've only done it once. Yeah. So. See, you, <laughs> you've, you've got to do it multiple times to know if you're any good or not. Sure. So but you've raised money in three rounds. And yeah, then well, our you... original round, which yeah. I think is more relevant to what we're doing here, is we, when we're starting out at the business plan, we raised two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds. And for that, we gave, I think, did we give twenty percent of the business? Yeah. That two hundred and fifty thousand pounds is the only money that we raised. To, uh, until we did the Coca-Cola deal 15 years later. And by that yeah. point, we'd grown into a business that was turning over north of £100 million, It was in 15 countries, employing mm-hmm. hundreds of people. Yeah. Whereas uh, we now, I would say, the most common thing that we have of people raising money is they're talking about they're going to raise one or two mil at this sort of seed round, and then there's going to be a second seed round, and then they're going to do a Series A and a Series B and a Series C and a Series D ad infinitum. Yeah. It's like, it seems to be that the point of fundraising is to get the money... To give you the time to go and start on your next fundraising round. Now, obviously, I'm massively exaggerating the point, but there's such we've been so infiltrated by the sort of the U.S. tech Mm. way of doing things. Do you watch that TV series Silicon
0: Valley? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I know it. Yeah, 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 where they make a mockery of it all, but
1: yeah. And you know, of course, for some of the big businesses, that's totally been the right answer. Mm. You raise big, big money, and you grow really rapidly, and you worry later about revenues, and certainly much later about profitability. And of course, if that works, if that really is the economic model for your industry and for your opportunity, then sure. But some people, I think, have just sort of adopted wholesale that sort of language oh. and process mm. and apply it completely to old school businesses that will never have that multiply effect. That will yeah. do much better to grow a bit more slowly, mm. but with inbuilt revenues and inbuilt underlying profitability. Yeah. Not least so that they keep more of their business. I mm. see businesses. You go. By the time you've done all this, how many shares are you actually going to have left? And I think they're so caught up in the raising the money, they're not necessarily thinking about... I mean, of course, it's better to have a smaller slice of a bigger pie, yeah. but it's not better to have a <laughs> yeah. a smaller slice of the same size pie. Mm. And sometimes they're, they're fundraising and not actually thinking about, is the economic engine underneath? Is it actually growing? Is it actually profitable? Is that actually genuine revenues here? Yeah. This podcast is
0: called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Mm. That word disruptive probably has a different meaning in Silicon Valley as it does over here, but does that mean anything to you? you, Would you say
1: you've been disruptive in your career? I think we've been disruptive in a very... What's the word? Well, look, we were conscious of... We were trying to zig when other people zagged, right? Mm. We were disruptive in the sense that on our packaging, we wrote body copy. That was just the way that the three of us spoke to each other. Yeah. And
0: in, I used to love reading those when they first came out, by the way. I just remember it all very clearly. And yeah.
1: this we can claim. Yeah. No one had done that before. Yeah. So we did bring that to the world. Now, it, I don't yeah. necessarily see it as... It's been a particularly that's great not, addition to the That's your world, legacy, think, is well, it? You yeah. realise now everyone's got all this, sort of, this really annoying body copy that's trying to treat yeah. you like... A, they call it whackaging. Wackaging. wackaging. They've even we, got a name for it. We were in the <laughs> of wackaging. That's like on my sort of... That's your legacy. That's my yeah. legacy, man. That's <laughs> bad. But it was in a very small, minor, quiet way yeah. disruptive. But it I mean, helped yeah. us get noticed. You weren't doing it for the sake of it, though, were you? You were doing it because it was part of who you were. And yeah, it was the way that we were said it's the way that we talked to each other, minus the swear words. Mm. There was a reason. There's always a reason. It serves the commercial point. We were trying to get noticed. Yeah, we were trying to get remembered. We were trying to get talked about. Don't forget, we lived in an era way before. Things like twitter had even been dreamt up, up. Mm. but we were conscious of this. we were trying to get known because we didn't have money for advertising so you've got to get noticed you've got yeah. to get remembered you've got to get talked about mm. that in a small way and it costs nothing helps. yeah what do you spend your
0: time doing now what do you love to do what do i love to yeah. do yeah <laughs> you know business
1: person or whatever you know what well do you do? I, I i guess you know i i, I I, I, these days, I'm spot. I don't do things that I don't love to do. So, mm. I mean, the, the backbone of the week is Jam Jar. Yeah. So, that would, you know, it's certainly not, I'm not here all day, every day, as anyone in the office <laughs> will testify. But <laughs> I'm doing more hours of this than anything else. Yeah. But then, my other anything is, you know, so I, 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 I wrote that book. I was mm. heavily involved in the referendum campaign. I like to think that they couldn't have lost it without me. And <laughs> You know, there's, we get involved in charitable stuff, and by the time you've got 35 businesses, you know, in some of them we uh, take board seats, and some of them we sort of act as advisors, so there's, you know, there tends to be slightly more getting involved, in, especially on the brand side, you know, we, we get asked to help out quite a bit, mm. so. Yeah, a combination between business, writing, charity. I have to say, I just, I love to travel, so mm. I'm definitely taking more than my 20 days holiday allocation. <laughs> I just I became a dad the first time. Another, oh. a mother, wow. amazing blessing. I, mm. I can—I'm around more. Mm. I get to take little minky Moo out for sort of like a morning walk and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you've obviously had successful businesses. Have you? Has it been a struggle managing, you know, a nice relationship, being a dad and businesses, or you know, do you think you've done that pretty well over the years? Well, I got divorced. I didn't know that. I wasn't seeing. <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking. Did. Uh, so I'm, I don't think we can hold much, me out as a, as a, as a, as a, as a fantastic example of so someone, you know, so the, now to this day, I don't think the main reason why I got divorced was the sort of the, 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 the stress and the strains and the growth of Innocent. But mm. it certainly isn't not a, a factor. And I think it's one of the things you've got to be more mindful of than perhaps I was. when mm. if, you, if you've got this extremely exciting, demanding all-encompassing thing, which if you wanted to, you could spend every hour of your waking day on it. I didn't, by any stretch, but yeah. it's always that you have to just make sure how the other spheres of your life doing too, mm. because life is—it's never just business, is it? Mm. There's your career, there's your health, there's your family, there's your relationships, there's your hobbies. Yeah. These are all what life makes up. And mm. I probably wasn't as mindful of some of the other plates that were spinning as the the big innocent plate. Yeah.
0: I know we've only got a couple of minutes left, and I want to make sure I don't overstay my welcome. So maybe to finish, and then it would also be good to just um, recommend, I'd love to recommend your book, so we we'll just Please. finish yeah. that one I'd more time. I'd love you to. Because I thought it was great. If you could take a couple of things that you've observed investing in, did you say 35 yeah. companies, and, and sort of you know, teach startup entrepreneurs, what common things have you seen that they do well or not so well that
1: you think is you know, helpful to others? Well, there's all the regular stuff that you're going to hear a lot which is because it's so true and powerful. It is about team. Mm -hmm. Get together in a crew where you share the same values but have complementary skills. Be really clear-sighted about what skills you need in the business that you're doing and making sure you've got them in the building. There is, of course, this thing of absolutely make sure that your product or your service is better than the competition Mm. in a way that's meaningful to your consumer, in a way that you can provide profitably and make the damn thing beautiful. That's mm. the thing I would say. Make make it beautiful. Make oh, yeah. it, use the colour. These guys have sponsored us at some of our events as well. Right. Yeah, I yeah, love it. And when you see their packaging together yeah. with all those beautiful pastel colours, you want it. Yeah. You want it before you even know what it is. Mm. That is what brands need to have. They need to have some innate desire held within them yeah. that you don't even logically understand. Mm. But it, it is about shape and colour and taste and texture and sound and feel and vibe and most times in business I think most people overrule all that stuff but as Steve Jobs he said himself the thing that Microsoft missed was the fact that we made things beautiful Mm. so it's not some sort of niche little thing of just left one department the whole business should really about how can we make this thing more better beautiful bigger harder deeper faster whatever it needs to be for the consumer. So with their experience of that thing is a little moment of joy, mm. of more than satisfaction.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, I think the great brands do that. Mm. I think a lot of people who run businesses worry about the increased cost of that. And yeah. Pro- and probably don't see the... Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And that's my point. Yeah. Creativity is free. Mm. But the value it brings can be infinite. It costs no more for them to do it in beautiful pastel colours than yeah. just to be in sort of bold, brash, blues and reds. Mm. Zero variable incremental cost, yeah. zero. Mm. But their brand, because it looks pretty, is the one that shops want to have out on their shelves because mm. it looks attractive. And So this thing that has cost nothing is genuinely delivering real hard commercial advantage. Yeah. So your book is called, If I Could Tell You
0: Just One Thing. Yeah. And Encounters
1: with remarkable people yeah. and their best piece of advice.
0: And I personally listen to it on Audible. It's currently at the top of my list. Could you just summarise a couple of things that really moved you when you were listening to it? Obviously we can get it on Amazon and Audible, I guess in most bookshops, can you get it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, in fact, I bought two copies yesterday from Waterstones and the guy said, oh, this is a really good seller. Yeah, so It was a nice little moment. Well, yeah, I mean, the concept is, as I say, people that have either, either done something remarkable or had something remarkable happen to them, yeah. reflecting on their lives and times, and answering my question, which is, if they could only pass one piece of advice to the next generation, what would it be? Mm. And there's 60 people, 30 men, 30 women, that represent a wide range of experiences in politics, arts, sports, business, science. Massive names you're going to have heard of, like President Clinton, Richard Branson, and Andy Murray, mm. and as I say Nicholas Sturgeon, or Judy Dench. And loads of names that you won't have, but got really profoundly deep stories that the people that were on Robben Island, along with... Nelson Mandela, an Afghan vet that's had two his limbs blown off, an Auschwitz survivor that lost mm. her family, but she made it out of there. People reflecting on the best of times, the worst of times. Mm. And I think when you've got from literally an Auschwitz survivor at one end to Simon Cowell at the other, you've got a real wide spectrum of human experiences yeah. and they're all passing on what they consider to be the single most important thing that they've learned. Mm. And what I was nervous about the book before I wrote it was that aren't, isn't any, everyone going to ultimately end up saying the same stuff? Mm-hmm. It's really not that at all, because yeah. it's such a wide spread of different experiences and paths through life. Each bit of advice is unique to that person, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, this I can say, whoever reads it, they're going to find something that really chimes with them. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I know you
0: have another meeting. now. I want to say thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, mate. I really thanks appreciate for the plug. Ah, oh, pleasure. And all, and, and all royalties go to charity. Yeah, and, and also some on some of the American podcasts. It's almost like a paid ad. I just want to make it clear this isn't a, you know. it's no, just a book, real. Yeah, a book that I just really thought was great. Got it the day it came out. You should listen to it too. So thanks a lot.
1: Wicked, mate. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard.
0: Thank you.